Welcome, everybody. Welcome back. It's... Are you holding your breath? No, I'm just nasally because of allergies. <laughs> so this is uh, Married with Issues episode five. <laughs> you can count us on one hand. Oh my God! Just get get to the point. You can count us on one. Hand. I like to banter before we get into what we're going to talk about. Just do it. Just do it. We have creative differences. We do. I'm the more creative one. Nevertheless. Um, Nevertheless. Yeah. So, uh, yes, this is Married with Issues. I'm BJ Brink. I'm Marissa Brink. Yes, she is. And today we're at least right now. For now, at least I have aliases. That's that. That was more to my point. You have aliases. In what? My maiden name. The name of one. The name of my maiden years. Your maiden years is that what you call it? Is that what they call it? Well, it's your maiden name. I always thought it just meant like your mother's. No, that doesn't make no, sense. No, maiden. It means you're unmarried before you before your pretend name that you just had until you were married and yeah, then what, you changed your name. What do they call it when it's your mother's? They ask you for your mother's maiden name, which yeah. means like you're before your her, what her name was. Yep. Mm-hmm. Before you're defined as an as the property of another person, essentially. Exactly. Awesome. So speaking of weirdness and uh, family strangeness. We're going to talk today about something that... you, you got to breathe. I, I, it's very hard for me. Breathe your mouth. Go. <sighs> not getting in a fair. Like, I'm just nasally. So it is what it is. I'm, no, I'm, I'm normally nasally, but now I'm just much more nasally. <laughs> you're, you're, you're extra nasally. This is springtime in New York. <laughs> the, this podcast will be pretty annoying for the next three weeks, I'm sure. <laughs> Which it was eighty. It's actually, it was actually over ninety degrees today. All right, weather's boring. crazy. Yeah, no, it's just crazy. moving on. Moving on. Today's episode is about okay. So the today's episode. Uh, let me say it. Oh my god! Today's episode. Why is about Jehovah's Witnesses? There you go. There's your voice. Now, why would we talk about Jehovah's Witnesses? Well, if you don't know, uh, <laughs> I. Was raised as a Jehovah's Witness for a good, probably about a decade in my life. From about age 4 to 14, I attended the Kingdom Hall. I read the Watchtower and went to all the meetings and so on and so forth. But it was always a topic that me me and Marissa had because you tended to think that it was a cult. I know they're a cult. The lower you talk, the less they can hear you. I know. Are you going to start singing again? Because we could do a sing counter. I think you're like six songs per episode. Yeah, like we could actually just turn these into a single. Just just little bits and pieces <laughs> of songs. Um, yeah, so we've always had that disagreement. I always kind of had a more favorable view of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, and you... Not so much. You thought they were a cult. So before we get into my personal experience as as a member of the Jehovah Witness religion, uh, I wanted to actually do a little bit of the background of Jehovah's Witnesses. You know, because it's it's a it's a fairly young religion, uh, as opposed to a lot of other religions. Uh, fairly young. It actually was founded in the 1870s by a guy named Charles Taze Russell in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And it was influenced by uh, an Advent Christian preacher named Jonas Wendell. 
he really rejected uh, a lot of the traditional Christian values of the immortal soul and uh, a literal hell, which if you were a Jehovah's Witness, you know that. Yeah, pretty on good. fire. No, you weren't on fire. That was the whole point. Yeah, on uh, fire. He didn't necessarily uh, subscribe to that belief. And you can tell as Jehovah's Witnesses, they don't necessarily believe that either. Uh, in the mid So what's up with the pictures of like the burning buildings in front of the watchtower? That's more about like the shit that's going to happen. Yeah. They talk about like destruction on earth. They, yeah. they don't speak of like punishable. That's shit that's what I meant. I didn't mean like yeah, burning it's the same in hell. Concept. It's just that you got to hell on earth. We will get to that. But let me talk about the history <laughs> as we keep going. It's really supposed to be me just talking right now, but that's okay. So in the mid 1870s, uh, he published his first piece of like Jehovah's Witness literature. They were not called Jehovah's Witnesses then. Um, what were they called? Uh, well, eventually they were called the Russellites, but they were called something like the, uh, the, 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 it was very simple. It was like the Bible Study Association or something. It was this, it was not worth noting. <laughs> so I didn't know. They were boring back then. They were very boring. It did not have a cool name. Uh, the marketing department didn't come along until a little bit later. But yeah, in the mid 1870s, it was his first published uh, pamphlet and it circulated 50,000 copies now so when you think about that that's a, that's a good amount at that time it's and, a lot of lot of toilet reading yeah and it was um the actual title was the object and manner of our lord's return and it really set out his views on christianity uh and specifically centered around armageddon so from the very early stages uh this guy charles taze russell who's the founder eventually of jehovah's witnesses very much focused on armageddon from the jump from his first writing and in, uh, it's all about the end, baby. Yeah, man. You, you got to hook them somehow, right? And uh, the, but one of the more interesting things is, so this was written in eighteen in the mid-1870s. And when he wrote this uh, pamphlet, he wrote that Jesus was already here. Mm-hmm. Right? So he was writing that Jesus was already on earth, and he came before 1874. Mm-hmm. So, like, Jesus was hanging out. Mm-hmm. But he was invisible. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. So not only... So wait, what was he doing with his time? Probably jerking off or something. Like probably just being a creep and spying on people. Like he was invisible. So he had like a cheat code. And I thought that was pretty funny. Because isn't the whole doctrine like Jesus will return? And like you just don't... You can't see him? <laughs> like what's the point of that? <laughs> He's like John Cena in front exactly. of you right now. He's just like, well, I'm here, but... Um, can't see me. Yeah, so that was like really interesting that this was this was his philosophy that he was already here prior to 1874, and then in 1877 he published his first book. So this was like his his long form. It was called Three Worlds and the Harvest of This World, which was a redundant fucking title. I mean, if anything, this guy book club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Three worlds and the harvest of this world. Like, well, which world? That would which really third? be a fun book club. I think. I just thought. I'm gonna I would s- love I'm going to start a cult. Oh, well, book club. See, you're calling it a cult, and it's not necessarily a cult. So we'll see. Yeah, we will determine that. But what, that would be fun to read, like the original pamphlets mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. shit that like started it all. I would. While I was doing the research, first thing I thought was like, I'd love to read this stuff, mm-hmm. just to what was being said. But uh, besides the redundant title. It really helped shape the teachings of Charles Taze Russell for the next 40 years. And a lot of those viewpoints that were in that 
book are kind of still a huge part of Jehovah's Witness teachings Like wearing today. tights. Jehovah's Witnesses don't wear What do you mean? Oh, if you're a woman? <laughs> yeah, if you're Yeah, a they woman. wear tights a lot. They can't Is be that, sexy. Was that in the pamphlet? I don't know. Uh, I didn't read it. <laughs> I read about it, which is a little bit different. You always know a group of Jehovah's Witnesses women together if you see a group of women and everyone is wearing tights. They have to. They can't be sexy. But, like, some people like tights. I bet there's a kink for Jehovah's Witnesses. You know what I mean? Like, there's I probably mean, people who really go for that. The The wonderful thing about humans is that uh, the, uh, there's, there's something for everybody. I guess an there. appetite for everyone. That's for sure. Um, and actually, this is what I found interesting about that, that book that he wrote, um, The Three Worlds and the Harvest of This World. That is the first time the, the concept of restitution was discussed. What do you mean by restitution? Okay, so restitution is a huge part of it. It was never mentioned as restitution mm -hmm. in, in my when I was learning about it. Mm -hmm. But it is like the big thing. Like Jehovah's Witnesses... Like, when you go out for dinner, like, you have steak. It's like the steak of the Jehovah Witness teaching. Mm -hmm. um, it's essentially the idea that everyone will be resurrected on mm -hmm. Judgment Day. And, like, everybody. Like, mm -hmm. ever. Which is just fucking stupid when you actually think about Imagine it. Imagine the bureaucracy. Just so much bullshit. <laughs> like, the older I got, the more I was like, this is ridiculous. This is just too much. So they literally believe everybody on Earth will be resurrected. Mm-hmm. And this is the history of the earth. Mm -hmm. And they will be judged by God on that day. Mm -hmm. Man, God is really building up to a busy, busy yeah, day. Like, I, I actually think he'd just be like a dick. And he'd just be like, nope, nope, nope. <coughs> and just like, like sending them all off to hell. This bores me. But yeah, so that's the first time that that restitution concept was really discussed. And it actually also contained the very first prediction of their like end time. Yeah, yeah. So their first prediction was that uh, everyone would be that the the Russell Russell and his yeah. people would be saved in 1878. Uh, were they? I'm gonna say no, <laughs> unless we're living in like some alternate timeline. Where this all happened. I've read about a few cults where the, the that's happened. Like you gotta yeah, just like keep pushing <laughs> you gotta keep pushing the, the, the timeline. Back. Oh, and they did. Yeah. And they did, and we'll get to that in a little bit. They did it actually about twenty times. Mm -hmm. There's like twenty times where they're like, It's coming. <laughs> it's coming mm -hmm. and it just didn't come. But that was the first time. So mm -hmm. you gotta think about it. He starts really preaching in the eighteen seventies and he's like, Yeah, this shit's going down by the end of the eighteen seventies. And clearly it didn't happen. He said that they would be harvested. That was the harvest by mm -hmm. the saints of God in 1878. <gasps> Did, Did you think it was aliens at any point in your childhood? I mean, being har me? Like, did yeah, because harvested sounds like well, an alien Well, this is a different thing. belief. Like, that belief was not, oh, okay. doesn't exist All right. when I was Got learning it. about it. This was his original idea. But do you think he was talking about aliens? Um, is it possible? Nah, nah, probably not. Who you knows? Sure? I'll talk about that later. What your witnesses explained aliens to be. You want to hear that? What they explained aliens? <laughs> yes. To? They explained because I was terrified of aliens, and mm -hmm. as a little kid, of course, my questions for them was like, "What's <laughs> up with the aliens?" <laughs> <laughs> and they actually gave deep, me advice. Deep. <laughs> they actually gave me advice on what to do <laughs> if an alien came to got me. That's no bullshit. What they say? 
Um, you say, I am, uh, you said, I am protected by Jesus Christ. <laughs> they probably said that to all no the little bullshit. kids about. That time, play, that time period was pretty hot for aliens. That's what they told me to say. I'm protected by Jesus yep. Christ. If I ever hear you scream that out in the night, I'll tell you this much. If I ever were to actually get abducted, that's exactly what I would say. Because <laughs> I don't know what else I would say. But I would say that, like, I've never gotten any information from anyone on what to do if that happens. But they had a plan. And, uh, yeah, they're planning to say, uh, I am protected by Jesus Christ. If it, if or it, to pray. If you were abducted by an alien and they wanted to be sexually involved with you, would you allow them to be? No, they're ugly as shit, man. It was a, what if it's a hot alien? If they're hot, maybe. I don't know. All I'm saying is, like... They're so terrifying. You could be, like, the, 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 like, first person to ever have sexual contact with an alien, and you wouldn't, like, take one for humanity or anything? Well, there's people who claim that's already happened, so... I mean, I I feel like if they did that with me, I wouldn't be the first one. I'm not that special. (laughs) 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 They were fucking many other humans before they got to me. You ever, no, ever you're the one. Them, yes. Yeah, like the Betty, whatever it was. Like yes. The reports were, oh, this, I got abducted. I got abducted. And then by like the fourth person, the fourth person was like, they fucked me. <laughs> <laughs> Very quickly it went to, I got fucked by an alien. Because how do you top the story? Back to the, back to the history. Sorry. Though. No, it's okay. This is cool. Um, so then in 1879... Uh, they what was developed was the Zion's Watchtower, and that's kind of like what you know now. If like they come to your house and they give you that pamphlet, it always says Watchtower Awake. That was like their first. They made it like a monthly journal. Mm-hmm. So eighteen, you know, he said that the shit was going to go down. Shit didn't go down, so he thought, let's make a magazine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's what he's like. Well, the prediction was wrong, so let's make a magazine out of it. And that was in eighteen seventy nine. And uh, shortly after that, that's when they started to develop the actual meetings. So as Joe's witness, you would go to like three meetings a week. Mm-hmm. Um, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. And every one of them um, was really just Bible study. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they used those those things, those, those watchtowers that you get mm-hmm. at, at your house today. Um, a lot of the stuff you learn is from there. Those are some shitty periodicals. Well, I mean, I don't think they have the best writers. <laughs> I mean, even <laughs> after all these years, Hollywood. They, I mean, those—it's bad. In an alternate universe, that's what I do for a career. It's like, so if I followed, terrible. Whew. If I follow the Jehovah Witness track, yeah, I think I would have been a writer for the Watchtower, which actually doesn't sound that bad after all. You know, just be a propaganda uh, <laughs> propaganda artist. Uh, so. When they had these congregations, then they started to develop these things called elders. So elders would be like the priest almost, uh, if you're in a Catholic church or other type of maybe a rabbi. Uh, interesting about interesting thing about the elders, they could not discipline people, but uh, the the church was like not the church, but the congregation judged people. So that's interesting. It was more of like. As a whole, we find you to be whatever, a sinner or whatever it may be. Uh, so in 1881, they really started the door-to-door preaching. They had this thing called the Thousand Preachers. 
Mm-hmm. And that's when they really started the door-to-door preaching. So they're going on uh, 140-something years strong of knocking mm-hmm. on your door. So if you get... Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. If you get pissed off, they're knocking on your door. Start in 1881. So that's... I hate that. Well, you and I have very different responses to the Jehovah's Witness at the door. Yeah, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, but like, here's the thing: if you put yourself into their brain, mm-hmm. they literally think they're saving you from the end of the world. I know because they're in a cult, and but if you, but I don't want like people preaching like cultish shit on my doorstep. Okay. But that's not their fault. I know, no, it's not anybody who's in a cult's like, fault. You, but it doesn't mean that I want you to stand on my porch and like, th- like throwing, uh, you know, uh, c- pamphlets about ca- catastrophic death yeah. uh, here. Like it's scary. But if you thought, like, say, yeah, you knew if I was in the cult, a fireball was no. But say in your head, you knew. Yeah, no, I get that. I understand. A fireball was yes, coming. Yes, you I would know. tell every one of your neighbors. A yeah, I get coming, it. Right? But that's same concept. Yes, but except it's a cult, so it's not but an actual that's your fireball. Opinion, but no, that's it's a cult. But and we will figure out if it's a cult later on in but, this episode. But okay, look, it has a lot of qualities of a cult. Well, we have a test. We have a cult test. It's like a COVID test. Then I'll digress. It's a little Just different. no. <laughs> that was. I don't know. Whatever. There's a test. It's not a... Just move it on. Okay. What happened then? Well, it, it, And you know, then... And then... And he pushed it forward. And what I thought was really interesting... And, and then... Yeah, uh, in... 90, so, skip forward about 20 years. 1907. Um, this one, I think you, you'd be surprised by, right? Uh, he was actually published, right? His sermons... This guy, Charles Taze Russell. Mm-hmm. His sermons were published... In national newspapers, wow. which is kind of surprising, because you think of Jehovah Witnesses as this like fringy, crazy group of Christians. Yeah, but you know, you also have to remember that like many many organizations have their moments in time of legitimacy as you know providing you know. But I never thought that about Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm-hmm. Never thought that, and that's also because Jehovah's Witnesses don't teach you history. Mm-hmm. So like they don't teach you the history of the organization. Probably because they got a lot I mean, of shit wrong. That's that's most religions. Most religions yeah. are like, you know, pay no mind to what you we don't talk. really want to see how the sausage exactly. is made, do ya? Just think about God. Just blindly believe. Yeah. So, but it actually moved forward, and it got even more mainstreamed to the point where he they was, were on Coke commercials. Well, he was nicknamed the people's favorite preacher. This is a nickname he had. And in at the Coming to your door. That's what I mean. And at the peak <laughs> at, at the peak of his popularity, he was published in two th- his sermons were published in two thousand twenty four different newspapers. Was he a looker? No. He really wasn't. <laughs> but I mean everyone has different tastes, right? And that was across US, Canada, Britain, South Africa, and Australia. So if you're Australian South Africa. South Africa, yeah. Um, But then he even pushed it further. So I would like to say this dude was actually pretty cool. Oh, God. No, the guy who created this, because then he made an eight-hour-long film in 1914. Imagine that. That would make you want to (laughs) fucking slam your head into a wall. This guy must have been a monster in the bedroom. Well, he was dedicated. (laughs) Exactly. There's kind of single-mindedness to that. There had to be a silent film, right? Those were only silent films in that time 
So the the name of this film, which I want to watch now, was called The Photodrama of Creation. And it was eight hours long. You I mean, would never watch a movie. I'd watch that movie. That's eight hours long. I'd watch that movie. It sounds interesting. And it, You it, would never watch that movie. Well, if I had it, I would. I wanted to go on YouTube and look for it, but uh they probably have it. Eight on hours. The photodrama of creation. And it depicted <laughs> the history of the creation of the world all the way from the beginning till the uh, millennial reign of Christ. <laughs> now, if you want to know what the millennial reign of Christ is... It's rain in Christ! Hallelujah! That it's different type of rain. Rain in Christ! It's not like rain. like It's rain raining the bloodshed of Christ? No, rain. Like the rain. Like I'm raining like a ruler. Millennial rain. <laughs> You're like in a whole other world. So Jehovah's Witnesses believe that after their Armageddon scenario, where everybody's judged, Satan gets thrown into a, fire, uh, a fiery pit. This is a true story. Thrown into a fiery pit for a thousand years. Why one thousand years? Because God's a prick. This is what, when you, when you actually listen to this, God's a prick. Thrown into a pit for a thousand years uh-huh. and then gets released to tempt the world again. So this is what I'm telling you. This is what Jehovah's Witnesses actually believe. They're fucking... This is why it's a horrible religion. I can't get down with it for this reason. The older I got, the more I noticed this was stupid. So they believe that we had to suffer through all this shit. Like, all this shit existing now is because the devil's on Earth now. They believe that. They believe the mm-hmm. devil is on Earth now. That's why there's... And what is the devil doing? Uh, trying to dissuade people from God. Basically. Like, okay. Through... Through different things, through drugs, through uh, you know pornography, through bad influences, through hey, the you whole like world. Checking out, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Is that why there's all those cam girl rats? Cam girls? Yeah. I well, I mean, Is that the devil tempting me? Yeah, that would be the devil tempting you. That would be because everything was the devil. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, so the world we live in now is inhabited Harry by Potter, the, devil, the devil because the devil was thrown out of heaven by God. Down to earth. And he's been living here. He's been fucking shit up. He's been making it miserable. And he's going to be judged. So Armageddon comes. He get Everyone on earth Everybody gets judged. judged. So every... Also, every single dead person ever in history mm-hmm. judged. Mm-hmm. Well, resurrected and Resurrected judged. and judged. So imagine that shit. You get resurrected. You're like, I'm back. And then like, <laughs> fuck you. You're not back. What a prick. Well, also... How petty. Also, like, you died in the 1600s. Yes. Back <laughs> Next to somebody iPhone. died in 1998. Yeah. Next, yeah. It's insane. It's such yeah. an insane concept. Think of all the... Where are they going to put all these people? Yeah, oh, gosh. Nevertheless. Anyway. So, yeah. And then they believe, after all that... Like, imagine living through that. Mm. Fucking insane. It would mm. be the coolest slash craziest shit. And then you go, oh, man... <clears throat> While devils locked up, beautiful peace on earth, like Garden mm-hmm. of Eden reincarnated for one thousand years. Mm-hmm. But then, when one thousand years is up, they let him back out, mm-hmm. and then let him tempt people again. Which sounds like then you would kind of just reverse everything, and the world would be just fucking shitty again. Yep. So this is God's plan—a mm-hmm. fucking asshole—is mm-hmm. what he is. If this is his plan, that's what Jehovah's Witnesses believe. Mm-hmm. So when they talk about the millennial reign, they're talking about that thousand years when uh, Satan is uh, in the pit of fire waiting to come out. 
is waiting, biding his time, and Jesus is reigning over the earth. And Satan's in a pit of fire. Yeah. But then he's going to get let out to tempt people. And the idea is that, you know, people have been living on peace for a thousand years. Then they, you know, they're going to be like, nah, we know it's the devil. But, you know, the truth is they'd slide, we'd be jerking off again. And we'd be back into the devil's graces. That's what they believe. Just a little something. So he dies in 1916. So his peak was 1914. He dies in 1916. And then a lot of drama How does he die? Uh, Just... Uh, I don't know. Don't know how he actually died. <laughs> Just know that he died. Um, and then there became a power struggle, which is interesting. Because, like everything else, where people have power struggles. He dies. There comes a power struggle. A guy named Joseph Franklin Rutherford is selected as his successor. Mm-hmm. And immediately, he starts like clearing out the administration of... Mm-hmm people who aren't pro him yeah and, and then the people it's a good move exactly this is like <laughs> typical like dictator shit right mm. um and he has people sign documents pledging their allegiance to him i've got the power which is so interesting in the concept of the witness yeah. thing because there's no like leader leader in mm-hmm. witnesses there's no they have a thing except that there are there are, but they're like called a governing body, and it's like a, more like of a Congress than it is a leader. But, but they the are that, some. Pe- there's a, there are people that hold positions yeah, of power. Of course, there are, but it's yeah. not like a figurehead. That's all. There's not yeah. one person. Whereas this dude was pulling power moves on some political shit and like ousting his rivals. Like some I real- mean, and that's probably that goes on everywhere. Yeah, no, I'm sure it does. But uh, interesting thing about this, Joseph Franklin Rutherford kind of shifted the Jehovah's Witnesses into what they are today. Mm-hmm. Made them very uh, anti-patriotic, mm-hmm. which wasn't the case when Charles Taylor Russell had control. So uh, why was that? Uh, he saw the government he saw the governments as uh, corrupted mm-hmm. and he also thought the He wasn't wrong He wasn't there. wrong. Like, he's definitely not wrong at all. And he also saw the modern churches to be working with these governments. He wasn't wrong there exactly. either. So his take, um, his take became much more hostile. Mm-hmm. And it ruffled a lot of feathers. It really did. Uh, he actually released a book, and it was called The Finnish Mystery. Mm-hmm. And this book became really controversial because <laughs> he actually um, predicted that uh, God was going to destroy the church, mm-hmm. as in, like, the Roman Catholic mm-hmm. Church, and all of its members. <laughs> I know. And, and this, God's going to come down and destroy all of you. And it was supposed to be in 1918, so they put a date on it and everything. <sighs> did it happen? Uh, no, it did not happen. Oh, but yeah, what did happen, happen is this caused a lot of shit. And he actually started getting investigated by the United States um, Army. Mm. Yeah, and they busted into uh, their L.A. office Mm -hmm. and confiscated the finished mystery book. Yes. And took seven pages out. Okay, I had read about that Yeah, and said, like, you cannot Mm -hmm. publish this book Mm -hmm. unless you take this shit out. Yeah. Then him and seven other members of the Watchtower Society Mm -hmm. were charged... Mm -hmm. um, 
were charged, and I, and I forgot the name of what the crime was, but they got sentenced to 20 years in jail, mm-hmm. which is nuts. And this was in 1918. Um, 1919, they were let out on bail mm-hmm. uh, because they were, it was figured out they were long, wrongly convicted. And in 1920, all charges were dropped. Uh, and this really, f- and then this kind of pushed forward. Uh, Brooklyn became a huge part of the headquarters. It was part. It was the headquarters then, but then the printing of all the materials became mm-hmm. much more important, and it pushed forward to really be much more about spreading the word, right? Because mm-hmm. they kind of beat this, kind of like beat the government case. Um, so that is like a brief, and I just wanted to mention that, and that's a lot to get through in the first bit. Um, so tell us about your experience. Well. Um, well, first of all, I just want to say that was the early 1920s. They're still around 100 years later. Mm-hmm. They've morphed over that time. Like I said, they had over 20 different predictions over that time. Um, but my experience, my mother joined the Jehovah's Witnesses. Why? Well, I, was, well, I wasn't alive when it happened. Um, but there was a lady named Renee. She's a very sweet person. Uh, and she came knocking on my mom's door, my mom and dad's door, and they had a tumultuous relationship. Uh, and my dad, being the advantageous son of a bitch that he was, thought, let's get her into religion. Then, she, then she'll stick around. <laughs> uh, Jesus makes them stay. It does. It definitely does, especially in that religion. My mom had two, what is it called? Miscarriages. While she was studying with this lady, Renee. And at least this is the story my mom told me. And like every other story my mom told me, could be full of complete horseshit. Could be bullshit. Could be complete bullshit. Maybe you're lying on the floor, and uh, you're probably not going to be able to hear anything you say. I'm just listening right now. Okay, she's just listening. Uh, yeah, so she had two miscarriages, and she told me that she prayed to Jehovah and said, if... If she was allowed to have babies, that then she would get baptized. So my mom's relationship with the Jehovah's Witnesses is interesting. She grew up Roman Catholic. Uh, but my dad is the one who kind of introduced the Witnesses into the house. And then my mom's really picked up from there and studied with them. And apparently she wanted to have kids. She prayed to Jehovah. Then she was a. Then you know she had my brother, and then she had me, and uh, so she got married. She got baptized when I was about five years old. So she probably studied for about ten years. She got she got baptized when I was about five. I remember that it was at this place in um, Monroe, New York. It was like this. Okay, thing. what does that mean with Jehovah's Witnesses? Because different oh, okay. religions have different ideas about when to baptize why to baptize and like so when you're a jehovah's witness baptism is uh it's kind of like the pass into the what they call the new system and yeah well the new system is what we talked about earlier when Mm -hmm. we talked about armageddon coming being judged so if you get baptized as jehovah's witness you, you basically get a free pass, right? You get on the guest list to the new system for the most part, which is fucking, to me, stupid because you could be a scumbag and still be baptized. But whatever, that's what they believe. Uh, but you just, you can't get baptized like you can in other you know forms of Christianity 
it's not something that's just given to you. You can't just like baptize a baby. You have to go through, you have to be studying for a long time. You have to be out there knocking on those doors, giving away those free pamphlets. And uh, you record your your time out there too. So like, they're not just going out there. They have like little scorecards and everything. Uh, and after long enough, they decide whether you're able to get baptized or you're not. So that is... What would make you not able to get baptized? If you were fucking up. <laughs> like, no, like if you weren't meeting your goals, right? If you If you weren't getting out in service as much as you need to be. They set these goals for you. I find so this I never in was service. On that path. Um, okay, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was never on that path. So um, my mom was though. She she went she went out. You know, she was knocking on a lot of doors, and eventually they. You know, it's very patriarchal. It's like they say when you can do it. I'm sure there's an actual number. I don't recall because I never was on the path in that way. But uh, it's definitely something you have to earn. Uh, yeah, so she got baptized when I was about five. Mm-hmm. I used to go with her to meetings every Tuesday night, every Thursday night, and every Sunday. And Tuesday, we had it at the Kingdom Hall. If you guys have seen these buildings, they're these windowless buildings, <laughs> which is always weird. There's no windows on these buildings, uh, generally. Uh, but they're just like a convention, little, little, you know, like it's very church like in a way. Um, they play music at the beginning. Say a prayer. What kind of music? Oh, uh, P. Diddy. <laughs> no, they just play Jesus songs, you know? They actually had this little yellow book that you would sing from. And I remember because someone was it called a hymnal? I don't know. No, it wasn't a hymnal. It was like Sing Praises to Jehovah or something. It was yellow with red writing. I remember that. Like, I won't forget that part. And some of those songs, I had favorites. <laughs> some what were was a favorite? I don't remember it now. But if I heard it playing, I'm like, oh, that was one of the good ones. Uh, some of the songs were better than others, but everybody sang together, right? Everyone sang together. There was like two or three guys on stage. They led. You followed. There was a guy who was like, a, what is it called when you could sing high? Are you really playing? This is an excerpt. We don't know how it's coming off. Uh... There's no words, but you would sing the words, so that's the instrumental. I think a rapper should sample the Jehovah Witness, uh, <laughs> Jehovah Witness catalog. Um, I don't know if this is interesting, but nevertheless, um, yeah. So Tuesdays. Okay. Oh my God! This is some like really. It's sure. It's like. Is it? It's very old music. It is. Well, I mean these. These songs, I imagine, were developed early on mm-hmm. and stuck. We're talking 1800s, 1900s, and stuck, probably. They're church songs. Uh, this is the modern Sing Out Joyfully to Jehovah for Children. Okay, could you turn it off? <laughs> I'm not interested in reliving this part. <laughs> Come on! I don't, I don't recall this one. Yeah, this sounds like the type of thing. It's, it's probably going to come back later. Back up a little bit. <laughs> sounds like a Chinese propaganda song. But I'm we're proud. 
Okay, I think we've had enough okay, of that. Okay, so I think we've established that the music sucks. Listen, there was better songs. There was good ones. That one wasn't one of them. Um, but yeah, so you start with a song and then a prayer. And then they do... What were the prayers like? Were they always the same no, prayers? They were, different. were they different? Different all the time. Do you, does, does, who can say the prayers? Men. Okay. Men. Always. Elder men. Mm-hmm. It was always the guys who had uh, the veterans of the Kingdom Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was always, uh, Jesus Christ, um, dear, Lord, uh, dear God in heaven, we come to you today, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it always had to be in Jesus Christ's name, amen. Mm-hmm. Always had to be in Jesus Christ's name, amen. Mm-hmm. It could be different in the middle, but it had to start like we come to you today, whatever, dear God in heaven, dear Jehovah in heaven. And it always had to end with in Jesus Christ's name, amen. Those were the bookends. Everything in the middle could be thanking for the speeches and thanking for the whatever and who knows. But it was that was the bookend. So you know, it starts with a song of prayer, ends with a song of prayer, about two hours each. Uh that was Tuesdays, Sundays was a little bit longer, and on Thursdays they used to have bio, um they used to have these these books that were like focused on themes, so they'd be mm. like Revelations, and it would be a book that had like visuals and broke down chapter. It was, it was, you know, much more. Bible it wasn't. Study. It wasn't. It wasn't so much a Bible study because okay, it was. It sounds like a Bible study. Well, no. There's times we read directly from a Bible, mm-hmm. and then there's times you had a book that was about things in the Bible. Yeah, and then that you, you study from. Yeah, but it wasn't direct Bible that's, study. Nevertheless, that's what Bible study is. Yeah. So, but that was always done. I'm in somebody's, the one. I'm the way. <laughs> that was always done in somebody's house, which was interesting. Was so, it ever done at your house? No, 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 no. My house was in no condition. <laughs> <laughs> we were having people over for Bible study. Um, it was always this like this lady named Sue, and yeah, I was always in somebody's house. But it was cool. That was cool. You could. It was cool because you could sit on like a couch <laughs> instead of like a, a chair. Going and going round. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Did you go out in service with your mom? Yes, I definitely did. Um, I definitely did. Uh, as I got older, I started going out in service with other guys, older guys. Mm-hmm. Um, was that fun? Yeah, yeah. Because, look, when you're a kid and your brother sucks, <laughs> the older guys in the kingdom hall mm-hmm. were like brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, they respond to each other as brother, sister, mm-hmm. um and they were great. They were actually really cool people. And it was like having older family members. Mm-hmm. So I can say nothing bad about those people. Mm-hmm. They were really good people. They they were good male role models. Mm-hmm. And it was nice being with them. And they talked about sports, basketball, and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, you know, there was still a, enough male topics you know mm-hmm. that you might want to talk to and it was always it was a lot of sports with me mm-hmm. uh but you know and I, I speaking of that i actually studied with a guy his name was mike and he was my favorite dude <laughs> mike was a dude from california he was a 49ers fan so it was like match made in heaven and uh he was great at basketball he was like the six foot five black guy, Mike. He was great. 
and we study every week. Uh, and I really liked Mike. I really liked Mike. And eventually, Mike, this is like one of these stories of like, Buddy's like, and then he got a wife. Like, this is literally, <laughs> sorry, but that's what happened. Then Mike got, um, he met somebody mm-hmm. at, he, he lived at what is called the Watchtower in Pine Bush, mm-hmm. which is like the huge, it's like a college campus. He lived Some there. might call it a compound. Yeah, exactly. He lived there. He worked there. Wow. It sounds like such a fun place. Yeah, well, it was fun. They had an ice cream factory. Wow. It was great. You could work in an ice cream factory. You could. Wow. They used to take you to get ice cream. If you could recite the books in the Bible, mm-hmm. they would take you to get ice cream, which is so fucking stupid because it's not like... <laughs> It's not like you're actually, like, have the spirit of God in you if you just remember the Bible books. Ezekiel, Deuteronomy. Like, okay, now I get ice cream? The stupid, bad job, Jehovah's Witnesses. But Mike was my guy. Funny story about Mike. Mm-hmm. And this goes into one of these other things. Do you remember Saved by the Bell? Yeah. Do you remember Lisa? She was the one who Screech had a crush on. Yeah. He used to study... She was a Jehovah's Witness when yep, she was younger. Famous, yep, yeah, yes. and he used to study with her. He lived in California. She fell out of the truth and tried to lure him away. <laughs> yes. That sounds very culty. Yes, she tried to lure him away into like, she was like, no, come on, just go to this party with me and stuff. That sounds super culty. Yeah, man, but he didn't do it because he was, he was solid with Jehovah. True story. I mean, I guess. I don't know. That's what he told me. He wouldn't lie, though. The guy would have no reason to lie. He's a good-looking guy. But she was trying to get him out of a cult, probably. No, I think she was... Yeah. She was living a life that was probably fun. She was an actress. She was a very popular actress. And she would probably say, like, come and go to a party with me. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't an evil thing. Mm -hmm. But to Jehovah's Witnesses, that's like, you're literally trying to bring me to the devil. So... She probably wasn't even trying to get him to stop being a Jehovah's Witness. She was probably trying to just... Hang out with him. Yeah, and, and they see it as like, you're trying to break me away from God. So yeah, but when he started... When, Sounds healthy. Yeah, of course. So when he got when he kind of got married, got serious with her, we start, we stopped studying as, as much. Mm-hmm. And, I, and my mom and my brother had stopped going to the meetings altogether. And then I kind of had stopped... Mm-hmm. And I always think that, like, I don't know if if I kept studying with Mike, I might have advanced further. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad I didn't. But that was my kind of experience there. I, like I said, I... So, your mom stopped going to meetings. What does that mean? No, my mom didn't stop. My brother stopped going to meetings. Oh, okay. You said your brother and your mom. Kind no, of my brother stopped going to meetings. Mm-hmm. Did your dad ever go to meetings? No. My dad never went. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, not one time? Oh, God. I don't think so. I, I mean, I'm trying to remember. I don't think he ever did. It wasn't for him. He was nice to them. Like, my mm-hmm. dad had no beef with them. He was glad my mom had them, because then he didn't have to deal with her. <laughs> but but no, he didn't really... He didn't go to any of the meetings. Yeah, so that that, that was my time as Joe's Witness. I used to give talks in front of the congregation. Big surprise. Hambone. I know. That's where, But that's where I feel like I got that part of me. Uh, you learn very early on. You got to learn how to communicate. You got to learn how to talk to people. So a lot of people who were raised in that religion, I feel like, are naturally good at speaking in front of people because you had to from like an early, early age. Mm, yes. Yeah. So that's All a right. bit about my so, experience there. Let's take the test. 
Let's take the test. Oh, hold on. I got a couple more things I want to say. <laughs> All right. So I just want I just want to play this little <clears throat> game with you. Okay. So <clears throat> celebrities who are Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay. Okay. You want to hear some of them? Sure. Some of the not surprising ones, Jill Scott. I don't know if that's really surprising. Who's Jill, Jill Scott? Scott? She's, a, she's an R&B singer. She's like... Oh, uh-huh. Good. Yeah. Serena, the, the Serena and Venus Williams, our family, were Jehovah's Witnesses. But not them. Not them. Hmm. So many of these people were raised in it and didn't <laughs> stick. Hmm. Seems like that's uncommon. I wonder why. You know, but it's just not for everybody. Why is Jehovah not lighting the fire of... Because, like, when, I don't know. Look, and the same thing for me. Dwight Eisenhower was raised a Jehovah's Witness. The president... Explains a lot. Yeah, right. But wasn't he a good one? Or was it FDR? Which... Dude, move on. I don't know. Where he was the New Deal? I don't know. No. This one you're going to love. So this guy named Gary Gygax, or, or Gygax. I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's a weird name. G-Y-G-A-X. How would you pronounce that? G-Y-G-A-X. Gygax? Gygax, whatever. He was the co-founder of Dungeons and Dragons. Now, that's only interesting. Because if you know Jehovah's Witnesses, they will tell you that you cannot play any games that are like sci-fi, fantasy, Harry Potter. The occult and on-ramp for the devil. Exactly. They tell you you can't watch those movies. Like, maybe you could watch Star Wars. I think maybe Star Wars is okay. But even that, probably not. But I'm like, so then the fucking co-founder of Dungeons and Dragons was a Jehovah's Witness? Pretty shocking. I, I, and they said he died as a Jehovah's Witness. So I, I bet he probably started as one, and then like eventually, like he wasn't Jehovah's Witness originally while he was doing Dungeons and Dragons because someone would have talked to him about that shit. Donald Glover. Right, the creator of Atlanta, raised a Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, remember Selena or Selena? She mm-hmm. was the singer. Do you know that her father was Jehovah's Witness? Yeah, I didn't know that. Did you know that when she was assassinated, they wanted to give her a blood transfusion? Mm-hmm. And the father refused it. Yep. Because Jehovah's Witnesses will not take blood transfusions. I Why? Thought, because uh, <clears throat> there's a scripture about ingesting blood, so they won't even eat like blood sausage. Like if they 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 just won't eat blood whatsoever, which is yeah, I guess that's that's what they do. Also, another one I found interesting: there were a lot of rappers who were raised Jehovah's Witnesses. Ja Rule, Exhibit, and the Notorious B.I.G. all raised Jehovah's Witnesses. All right, I have a question. Good. Um. So. I read that Jehovah's Witnesses discourage higher education. Why is that? It brings you to the devil. That's the answer to almost every question you'll ever have. (laughs) (laughs) They do. They do. They don't tell you to go to college. The the Watchtower Farms, like like I was saying, the guy Mike, Mm -hmm. that is almost like the Jehovah's Witness College. I mean, it is. They got fucking dorms. They work. I, yes, like say, I like how you say it's like college. It's not like college. No, what I mean is that like people would move out of their parents' house. And, and then, then go live into, there yeah. and give free labor Yeah, but then eventually the they Jehovah's move off. Witnesses. Like, then they get like married and then they like buy a house. Which I never understood because how do you fucking work at the Watchtower Farms 
and like de- develop yourself in society. And then you go out and buy a house. Now, a lot of them don't, I don't think, honestly. Exactly. Um, a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses who are well-to-do had mm-hmm. already had a career before they became a Jehovah's Witness. How do you think this doomsday scenario, religion, impacted you in terms of, like, just uh, you, who you are? Yes, it's it's interesting because I've thought about that before. I know, like, a lot of my actual interests, I, I like apocalyptic things, right? So, like, I, like, I wonder why. I know, like, I like move, But it's weird because... Well, I I guess because when you're in the religion, you're taught, like, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, end of the world is a good thing because there's a new world coming. So it's not just like, oh, this shit will be the end and it'll be terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be like, oh, but there's something good coming. Oh, so, explain the 144,000 thing. Oh, yeah, the 144,000. Um, so the 144,000 are people, they won't be coming back on Judgment Day because those people get a one-way ticket to heaven. They are... Uh, apparently the like the best of the best <laughs> the cream of the crop and if you've ever um gone to every year the jehovah's witnesses have a ceremony where they celebrate um jesus's death kind of kind of or resurrection I, f- I forgot which one it was but there's a term for it and i'm not going to remember the term so i'm not going to try to even recall it um but it's around this time of year, which mm-hmm. is April, you know, March and March, where they pass around the bread and the wine like everyone else does, uh-huh. but no one eats it. Uh huh. Like so, it just gets passed. Just look at it. Yo, yeah, you let. And I used to go, always get worried and drop it. Mm. <laughs> so you pass around a cup of wine and a little fucking unleavened bread, and uh, no one can eat it unless you're one of the hundred forty-four thousand. Mm-hmm. That means you go straight to heaven when you die. So who are these people? Did they did they live and die already? Um, most of them. Mm-hmm. The idea was that there was mo- there wasn't many left. Mm-hmm. So every now and again, you get somebody who takes a piece of it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, it was just somebody from another religion who was accompanying a family member mm-hmm. who was like, "Hey, come." Didn't see. know the rules. Oh, they called the memorial. That's what it's called, the memorial. Uh-huh. Yeah, they didn't know the rules. They was like, "Oh, if the bread comes, if the wine comes, you mm-hmm. take it because that's what you do in my religion." Mm-hmm. A lot of times, it was just somebody doing that. But every now and again, there'd be somebody who's like an elder, elder who's mm-hmm. like an OG in the game. And a lot of times, they were probably from another congregation. Mm-hmm. But they'd come and visit because mm-hmm. there'd be things called overseers, which that sounds fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. But they would be like OGs who'd come and like spend three weeks there and like depart their knowledge. Every now and time, every now and again, they would take one, and you'd be like, "Oh, that one's one of the hundred forty-four thousand. <laughs> and how do you know? You just know. <laughs> <laughs> just because that guy's got that sense. The honor system. Okay. So another thing that I read about the Jehovah's Witnesses before is that there's, it is like very normalized and encouraged for Jehovah's Witnesses to rat each other out. Hundred percent, yeah, yeah. And that this is like it creates a culture of mistrust within the Jehovah's Witness organization. Yeah, yeah. The idea is that like you know, well, because they look at it as in, if someone is doing something worldly and sinful. 
that they could then, and this is where it feels culty, it's like you can taint the rest of the flock, right? So yeah. if you know someone... This is where it feels culty. No, but like, <laughs> say, you, say you know somebody in the in the congregation's a mm-hmm. cokehead, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, he's doing coke a, in the parking a lot. A cokehead, yikes. Cokehead. Don't use that word. What, anyway. That's the word. Is there something wrong with cokehead? If you Listen, coke just... Time, just you're a cokehead. Enough. Um, but if you know that, you would say, hey, that person does cocaine all the time because what happens is if they're within the congregation, mm-hmm. their bad habits are going to rub off on other people within the congregation. I think that's the logic behind it. I'm not saying it's cool, but I'm saying I think that's the logic behind something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely. My mom actually had a situation mm-hmm. where her best friend had gotten what they call disfellowshipped. Yeah, I want you to I want you to explain that. Yeah, so disfellowshipped is when you get like kicked out, basically. And uh she got kicked out because she was um sleeping around. She she was out there getting some other penis. Uh <laughs> but and she was a really nice person. But the reason she was sleeping around is because her husband was a scumbag. Mm-hmm. Her husband was like a traveling salesman. A traveling No, really, like, that's what he did. Like, this was the 80s. So he went, like, I don't know what the fuck he did, but I always knew, like, he was never home. Mm -hmm. He was just traveling around the United States selling shit. I forgot what it was, cars or something. And he was was cheating on her. Mm -hmm. So she didn't get divorced, because, like, divorce is also frowned upon in Mm -hmm. that religion. Uh, But eventually she cheated on him, and then she got disfellowshipped, and, like, my mom couldn't talk to this woman no more. And it was her best friend in the Jehovah's Witnesses. And my mom just didn't talk to her. And I, I think it was hard for my mom. But, yeah, th- they cut you off ice cold. Now, you can try to get back in, mm-hmm. but you have to, like, rededicate yourself. And, like, nobody can talk to you. <laughs> yeah, because you're shunned, right? Yeah, like, you can come to the meeting, but, like, nobody can talk to you. And mm-hmm. I think, like, the elders can talk to you. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. And it's, like, on their behalf. Like, they have to come up to you. So you really have to, like, try to earn your way back in. And it's a shameful, definitely hard situation for that person, I imagine. So, yeah, that's my... And I'll tell you, a lot of the young people who get baptized, because a lot of people around my age mm-hmm. did get baptized, who were, like... I, and, I, didn't, you know, funny, I wasn't a lot of friends with a lot of them, because they were all, all kind of dickheads, <laughs> a lot of them. <laughs> But a lot of them got disfellowshipped very early into the time in which after they got baptized. They might have got baptized at 15. By the time they were like 19, they were getting disfellowshipped. And then, you know, it's fucked up because their family's still in it. Mother, father, stuff like that. And yeah. Yeah, that is fucked yeah, up. Yeah, it's, it's pretty harsh. It's pretty harsh. There's a really good article that I read by this woman. Her name's Caitlin Lawson. I know her. No, I was just kidding. <laughs> and it was she was disfellowshipped. It was for Medium.com, and I just wanted to read you a part of it. Go for it. <laughs> Every week, month, year, there was a fresh reason to believe that the world was ending. We were waiting for things to get bad enough for God to pull the plug on humanity. We were in a race against the clock to save as many of you as possible before that happened. Anytime someone new was converted, we rejoiced. While the paradise I mentioned earlier was the carrot dangled in front of everyone, the undercurrent of anxiety and fear was hard to ignore. 
when everything wrong with the world is constantly being amplified and thrust in front of you, you can't help but to see danger everywhere you look. I was a highly sensitive, highly anxious child. I became an empathic, highly anxious adult who suffered panic attacks for years, during which I believed, I literally believed I would die. I was taught that the idea of paradise on earth should comfort me, but it didn't. Nothing felt safe because I was taught that nothing was. I feel like I read this article before. <laughs> I, no, I really do feel like I read this article before. Um, because I read a lot of stuff about Jehovah's Witnesses. Can I just add, I just want to add yeah, to it. So there's that. The lyrics to one of the songs we would sing together as part of worship went like this. Dark days are here. Man lives in fear with dire expectation as to all creation. Having no hope, blindly they mope as this system nears its end. Yeah, that's that's that sounds about right. <laughs> that's a yeah. real humdinger. Yeah, no, it, it's 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 funny because as you read it, as you read that, I was like, oh, that's interesting because a lot of my own anxiety and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I, it's weird because I don't think I looked at it in the same way. I didn't fear the end times. I always was just like the way in which they explained it was that they told you stuff like this, like it could happen at any time. They say it would happen like a thief in the night. Mm -hmm. They also said that you'd be persecuted. Mm -hmm. So they very much built an expectation mm -hmm. that you could possibly be like rounded up, kind of like a Nazi Germany situation, which, but but Jehovah's Witnesses were actually um, in in Nazi camps yes, too. Yes, I get it. Yes, um, yes. But yeah, like that, there would be a evil, kind of like an evil leader. There would be like a one world government, which is something I was always scared of as I got older. Still am. <laughs> not really, not anymore so much. But yes, yeah, so there was, but I didn't have the same fear of it happening. I always wondered if I would just have the heart to like stick it through or would I just ditch God and like fuck this. <laughs> like I'm not going through all this shit. I don't believe it like that. Yeah, no, it's pretty deep, dark shit, man. It's, uh, there was actually a time in the uh, in the mid nineteen hundreds where they advised their members not to give birth because mm -hmm. they would say to them. And and there was another article by another woman, um, who, which mentioned that growing up in the religion where you were kind of encouraged not to give birth because the ends you know the end was coming. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's 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 uh yeah. <laughs> It's not. It's not a sunshine bright religion. Um, I, I feel like a, a lot of religions aren't mm -hmm. in general. It's just a different fear that you sell people. So, do you think that your issues with anxiety are in any way related to kind of like being exposed to that in your formative years? I think it could be possible because I've always been anxious about what I kind of just mentioned to you, right? Like, mm -hmm. what if they come for us, you know? Mm -hmm. So my my anxiety around things like conspiracy theories and mm -hmm. fear, of, uh, fear of government, in a way, could come from that. So, yeah, I think, I think that could be part of it. Yeah, I would say that's, that, that's, that's, that's feasible 
to to uh, to uh, assign that possibly. Do you have any other questions about being a Jehovah's Witness from the inside out? Not for tonight. Not for tonight. Well, I just want to ask you a quick question. Yeah. So when I was younger. There was a big part of, there was an exceptionalism that came with being a Jehovah's Witness, right? Mm-hmm. There was a lot of stuff in the news about things like the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. Mormons. There was a lot of negativity, mm-hmm. you know, sexual abuse scandals, things of that nature. And as a Jehovah's Witness, I remember there was always this sense of pride. <laughs> uh, no, there was, because they're like, that's not happening with us. Except that it is. Well, Exactly. I, I, I was wondering if you had ever read anything or watched anything about some of the cover-up scandals that Jehovah Witnesses were a yeah, part of. Yeah, absolutely. And it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and it's they're still going like on. They're just else. And they're just, in March, there was just a, a new one. One in October, too, I was yeah. reading about, and it's like decades long, yeah. multiple states. You like, know why? They're no different than any other person. If men touch it, it's trash. But you know what? They also have that thing where, like, and this is gross that people do this, but some people go, oh, well, you know, if the priests could marry, maybe they wouldn't do this, which is fucking, that's a stupid concept. Yeah. But in the Jehovah's Witness religion, they can marry. Mm-hmm. Uh, men can, you know, there's no, like, abstinence. and they're I get what clearly... they can marry means. Let's move on okay. to so, the end. So what we have here, and this, this is, this is going to be fun. So... Just get to the point. Well, we came up with this topic because one of the things we always talked about in the 10 years we've been together was this. Is this a cult? Mm-hmm. And you've always said it was a cult. It's I said it was a fucking cult. So you are adamant that it's a cult. Yes. But I have actually went online, scoured some resources, and found basically like the main characteristics of a cult. Okay. These were the most common things I came up with. It's about 10 questions. Okay. Now, I want to hear your take. All right. And then I'll give you mine. And then we'll decide if we can come to come. We talked about this already. Yeah, we talked about it, but they don't know what we're doing. Just explain and move on. Okay. The first characteristic of a cult is there's a living leader who has unquestioned authority. Okay. Do you think that applies to Jehovah's Witnesses? Uh... Yes, but it, they're not out about it. Like, clearly there's somebody who is in charge. Well, here's the thing. That's not how a cult works. You're, it's pretty clear when someone has a... There's unquestioned authority. You're saying, like, it's more clandestine. No, that's not what I'm saying. Well, you're saying they're not out about it. What do you mean by that? Like, they pretend that they don't have any sort of, like hierarchy like i see what you're saying a single like leader. in terms of like there's not one person no who's they, like they, the thing no so you agree that that's not the case no although they talk and reference russell in their literature in their sermons but they almost never talk about it. i didn't know about russell until i wasn't into being a journalist. but i'm saying like i looked at a lot of the publications yeah. and stuff and almost every article cites him at least one time i would and say the this. rest and the rest of the things that they cite are from the bible so that elevates russell to that having like his on par with the voice of god but i think in that the, sense the whole point of the russell thing that's interesting is when we gave the and that's why i wanted to give that origin story mm-hmm. When you see what Russell was doing, mm-hmm. it was it wasn't necessarily 
This. It, yeah, this, yeah. which was more, which was the Rutherford I, guy. I was get kind it, of more of this. but they're built on his. So what I'm work. saying is, what from my experience, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a single living leader who has an unquestioned authority. But I do think every congregation has a clear structure of power. But, and here's the trick. I will say this. There's room for questioning. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was younger, mm-hmm. I would have a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, they were always open to dialogue. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say to that question, I'm going to put a no. Would you say yes or no to that? I'm marking this down. Mm-hmm. Living leader with unquestioned authority. No. Okay. We're in agreement on that one. Mm-hmm. Preoccupied with bringing in new members. <laughs> oh, just a bit. If you don't do it, you're not fucking committed. You, yeah, it's literally... You're not, you're not a member. Like, you're not contributing. Yeah, no, if you don't... And here's the thing. You don't have to have a success rate. Mm-hmm. But you have but to be doing the... 100%. Doing the hours. And also, like don't you, said, you don't you have to be doing it with someone else? Like, because oh, yeah. they want to make sure that you're doing 100%, it. 100%, yeah. Mm-hmm. You go and you have, like, a mentor of mm-hmm. sorts. Uh, so 100% preoccupied. It's like fuller knife salesman. Yeah. There's no... <laughs> Only they're peddling. The there's no question times. about that. You are going to bring it. Now, it's... There's no saying, like, if you don't bring in new members, it's not like you're punished for it. No. But I'll tell you this much. They do have a certain success rate and things like that, and they do mark how much time you're out there. So it's almost like cold calling rather than, like, how many people have you converted? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you were out 17 hours? And they used to keep track. I remember my mom's hours would dwindle. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, you could telephone witness, you could do this, you could do that. That's mm-hmm. what they would say to older mm-hmm. uh, people who couldn't get out as much. So... Yes. Two big yeses. Uh, Next question. Preoccupied with making money. Hell yes. I say hell no. Now, why do you say yes? Because people are not like, they have all these people working for them in fellowship, providing free labor. And the expectation is that those people... That's That's a small group of the people, though, when you think of the congregation. No, 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 no. Listen. No, what I'm saying, when you go to a congregation, the people who live on something like a farm. Yeah, no, I get it. Small number of the people. No, 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 no. No. They have those large farm compounds all over the world. I know they do. So, like, there's. They have. a small amount of the. I get it. I know, I get it. But so you have a system that starts with the production of these materials and stuff happening for no money. Just yes. free labor. Mm-hmm. But what do they produce mostly? And what do they sell? It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't. This does, is my question. Where are they making money? Well, they're operating as a religion. Okay. So they don't pay taxes uh-huh. and and have, there's different laws about them mm-hmm. acquiring, you know, real estate and all that stuff. Um, so everything that they make to further their yeah, it goes to purchasing more land, building new complexes, mm-hmm. uh, printing new material. Taking taking it yes. to the next level. And that's all but based is, on slave labor. Okay. They live there. Un- I would say more indentured servitude. <laughs> oh, that's that's <laughs> nicer. Be- it's not, though, because there's no terms. But here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. And this is where we, 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 we kind of see it differently. So the idea that working somewhere 
in which you live. You also get fed. And but you have no choice in it. You have you have well, no you choice. Can. Yeah, no, you can. You hundred percent can. You could just move off the farm. Yeah, but if you live there, like you live on their compound, and you work but you're for not free, stuck there like you don't get out of the religion if you don't live on the farm. I understand that, but I'm saying that's one aspect of the of like a system of control to have free goods. I look at it as more of a self sustaining situation yeah that and i think a lot of cults have that no they do they 100 percent do they 100 percent. this isn't a new idea i think this is one where i'm gonna say no and you're gonna say yes and i just think i think you have good points but i also think i look at but hold on hold on hold on i don't the people like if but hold on i wasn't i wasn't you didn't let me finish so that's one part of the jehovah's Mm -hmm. witnesses but the other part of the Jehovah's Witnesses, right? Like the, you have to have your commitment to service, you have to have uh-huh. your commitment to study, and you have to have, you should be committed to attending meetings, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And they have a collection box too, like other religions yes. do. Not as aggressive. However, you, even if you are just a member, the expectation is that you are going to do work for the church for no money because that is what no, going paid. door to door they get paid oh what do you mean the preaching no i'm talking about the actual members yeah of the congregation yeah, going door to door yeah yeah you don't get paid for that exactly yeah. that's so what i said you get paid for that? well what i'm saying is it's a model that forces you to do work for which you are not paid yeah, but they don't consider that work. I understand. I but here's the thing. I understand that God they. I work? I understand that they don't consider no, it but work. But you consider that? Let as me work. finish speaking. I understand that they don't consider it work, but it is labor. They drive places. They set up stands. They talk to people. They're. It's and it's not like oh you do that. It's like no, you need to log your hours and how many people you talk to. Yeah, this is labor that people that labor, do. Though. That's because you were brought up in no, the calls do, they, do, do jewish people um get paid to talk about their faith but you were not people are not required to like in a religion where you have free will there's not a requirement for how much and quantifying the service that you and, do and this is where my personal experience comes into me. so my mom yeah but she was look she wasn't devout no, but no, but, she but, wasn't, but like she didn't go out like for the majority of the time she was in it she wasn't going out there like that they don't kick you out. They okay. don't. Okay, but here's the thing, right? You know, but you here's don't get but revoked. But you said they were t- talking to her about what she could be doing, what she yeah. should be doing, and that generally this is the expectation, right? But and the more no punishment if you don't. I, absolutely, there is. You can be disfellowshipped if you are not participating but they don't at the do level. That, really, like I said, my mom never went. Out okay, for just because years. your mom didn't. Doesn't your mom was also pretending to have all these medical ailments? Yeah, I'm saying for the most part. No, I, that's your mom. But there are requirements that they're supposed to is. make, and you can't get baptized if you're never going on. If you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. No, you are required to do free labor for them. I wouldn't call it labor. It is, look, an act of faith and and like an expectation of service in the community. That's one thing. What even mean? if it's even if it's even if it's defined what you're gonna do, but that 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 you have to you know get your hours in and like that's like a job 
that you don't get paid for because you got a overseer, no? Well, the over no, no, that's not what they know. Well, mentor, whatever. Like wise people come from a different place. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's just it's a bad. Anyway, let's go to the next. Okay, okay. So, uh, questioning or doubt is discouraged or punished. Definitely. I say no. You say no. Well, okay, you're right. Quest questioning. They'll talk to you. About they'll it. talk to you. You don't get punished. You don't get punished for and that. You're not That's true. You, you can come with questions, and they're glad to talk to you. Now, yeah, they sure are. Now, what happens? So is, glad to talk to you. No, they are glad to talk. You're to doing you. something, enjoying the peace of your own. No, but abode. in a cult, you don't question anything. That's not true. You don't question the leader. You don't question the doctrine. You don't question what you're doing. No. Well, listen. They can question. But they you don't suck. have the freedom to do yeah. whatever they want. There's no, it's, it's not, it's not, yeah, you can question. And in many cults, you can question. But the, the second, question the, the second, the second part of it is there are repercussions yeah, well, for questioning. Me, so like, the discouragement. yeah. And what I say is when you're in a Jehovah's Witness, you can question things mm-hmm. and there isn't punishment that comes there. That's not really part of the deal. You don't face anything from that you get well spoken it depends to. what you're questioning if you're questioning whether or not you're gay and you're point. gay that, well no i don't think that's necessarily it it would be more questioning them well it, that's what i think this means but, by that. but they have specific laws around that yeah. so and rules about that they discourage homosexuality mm-hmm. they see that as being part yeah. of the world okay so but that's not about question that's about questioning your own sexuality no, that doesn't no 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 listen to me listen to me Listen to me. They have ideas about, the, for example, homosexuality. Yeah, I know right. that. No, I, no, I'm home. not. Tr- listen to me. I'm trying to explain to you what I'm saying. And yeah. you're, you're just getting immediately defensive. So you're not like I'm not listening. I'm not defensive. I don't think. You're not letting me Go finish ahead. talking. Go ahead. So if I, if, if I'm 14 years old. And I feel I'm gay. And I'm, I can question, right? I can ask them questions. But if my, if my, you know, if, if they say it's wrong, there are just things that are not allowed in the faith. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's not, so I don't know if you can say you're not allowed to question because you can, you can you can ask questions, but you're not allowed to not live by their doctrine. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, definitely. Yeah, well, I mean, you are, but then you're not allowed to be part of whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, so yeah. you're you're not allowed in. No, but what I mean by the whole idea is that, like, what this, que- what this was stated as is, like, discouraging or punishing people for simply asking questions. Okay, so no, you can ask questions. Point, that's, what I, that's what I was trying to get at. This really meant like asking questions or questioning leadership. Okay, but but also I can't fully say that either because I can only talk to what I've experienced mm-hmm. and what I've experienced is yeah they're very open to answering questions. I also never probably posed any really difficult questions. I was going to say you are also a child, so I'm going to say we're we're one and one on that, and I think we should probably stay at that. That I think we're split on that. Okay, and I and I think probably because yeah, okay, move on, one. just go. So mind-numbing techniques such as chanting, meditations, speaking in tongues used to suppress doubts. 
about the the religion. And I'd say no. Those the, the, songs are pretty songs. intense. That's, what I that's part of it. But chanting ch- and singing. But church has songs. But Every not about that you're going to die and that this is the thing. No. Shall, I, shall I repeat but the words to this? you got to remember the second part of this. The second part of this is used to suppress doubt. Yeah, and those songs are used to suppress doubt. I don't doubt. think they're necessarily used to suppress doubt. Necessarily. I wasn't going to play this I'm song I'm going to say no. I think that's a hard no for me. I do not think that there's mind-numbing techniques. Because if anything... You don't have to... You don't. Let's move on. No, I'm just saying they're very much more about dissecting things learning about the bible so i'm gonna say no what do you say you want to say yes yeah okay and i i don't disagree the songs and starting with that yeah maybe but i think that falls in a lot of religions okay uh dictation of how to think act and feel by leadership needing permission to date change jobs what to wear how to live etc 100 percent yes 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 not even a question uh in so much as you can't go on a date without having chaperones like you have to have a, 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 a like an elder chaperone you on a date not an elder but like somebody who's more you know established in the church or whatever mm-hmm. well and the fact that that and 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 women can't hold any roles of power in the yeah. church no they can't they can only uh they can only be presented in a way the only time they talk in front of the congregation is when <laughs> this is so silly they do like acting like they act out a scene mm-hmm. from uh, they act out a scene from if they were like in the field. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah. And and what's the point of it? To show you how to act out a scene in the field, like how to do, how to do it right. Like they'll like be sitting there at a park bench, quote unquote, <laughs> and they're like, "What do you think about you know transgender people?" And they're Ugh. like, "Well, God says that." We must have whatever, da, da, da. and then they just play it out. Jesus, yeah, that's the role women play. In All right, that way. so uh, us first, them mentality. Yeah, I say no. Yeah, because their whole thing is they don't look at they don't look at people as bad, except that they do. No, if no, they're no not they look Jehovah's at, but Witnesses. they no, but their thing is like they want everyone on their boat. So I don't think they have. He's like, still in the cults. No, what somewhat. I, no, what I mean is that like, <laughs> they want people in there. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like us versus them is like fuck them. No, all the that's, bad people. The, but this us versus is, them is that's like us. They are. They do not. No, they, they are taught people. not. They do want people to join so them, but they do not accept and connect with and encourage having relationships with people who are not members. Yes. Yeah, well, you got to make them a Jehovah's Witness. Exactly. So I'm gonna say. So yeah, I'm that's an saying, us versus them thing. No, I'm still saying no. Yeah, I'm still saying no. I get it. Because you still are. You still. They want everybody. You're still on board. buying the Jehovah's Witness. Well, they just want everybody line. on board. So I'm not saying that. That's they not want everybody on board, but they won't associate with anybody who lives in well, a way. They but they'll associate you. That they about don't agree with. No, because depending on what you do, they would consider you too worldly even to be around and expose themselves to in yeah. that way. Yeah. So that's. But I don't think it's like. Of course you in don't, a, because it's like very normalized you. Way. It's more of like a, well, it's just in a friendly. It's hey. not a friendly, it's, but it's not. Hey. Us first, them. You think of like they're trying no, to tear us down. That's what you think, but I have expanded well, and told you no, but what from a cult my perspective. They'll say yeah. they're trying to tear us down. No, no. Well, look, look. I don't think you're wrong for thinking that either, mm-hmm. because they do look at people as worldly 
and who can corrupt them. So yeah, that's a part of it too. So yeah, that's an us and them. Kind uh, of you thing. know, I'm gonna switch to yes. I'm gonna switch to yes on that one because even though I don't think it's blatant, there is a thing of like yeah, they're worldly and they they can corrupt. So I'll I'll switch to yes on that one. Okay, leaders are not accountable to any authorities. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yes, there's, there's many no examples of that. They do, because also because they don't trust the government, oh, yeah. they don't, they allow the elders to handle situations that should be like somebody has assaulted somebody, somebody yeah. has, yeah. And we, and you could just read from some, did you, I was reading about it. There was a, I guess there was a film called The Crusaders by this guy, Aaron Kaufman or Aaron Kaufman or Adam Kaufman, one of the others. It's on Vice. I'd like to actually watch it. Where they talked about how in 1997 they had like a database. Mm-hmm. They had a spreadsheet, like an Excel spreadsheet, um, because there was uh, whistleblowers about um, sex abuse, mm-hmm. and they sent out to 10,000 congregations. I'm like, do you have any suspicious pedophilia activity? Mm-hmm. And tell us about it. Like, who do you suspect to mm-hmm. have been, or or maybe who have have been accused? And um, they came back, and they had, like, they got all the names of all the people who were accused of it or suspected of it, mm-hmm. and they had a file. And then they, there was a guy who actually, like, broke in and got the file mm-hmm. and then had all the names. But these are names that were never given to the police. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not. They don't. Yeah. They, yeah. And I've, been, I've read some articles about domestic violence being handled in a similar way. Oh, yeah. Almost everything is, like... They know mm-hmm. they're the authority. And it's all the elder men who decide it is. It those is. things. Yeah, and there's really some gross stuff if you really dig deep into it. They also have this thing where they they believe two people have to witness anything that has happened. Mm-hmm. So, For it to be true. So especially with sexual abuse, sexual abuse doesn't happen in front of 20 people. Yeah. It's usually one person and another person. Mm-hmm. So there's no way to ever, in their eyes... And also the person who's abused would... M- also be seen as like they could possibly be seen as tempting the other person right? yeah because you well, they you're tempted you into do? yeah you're tempted into what were you wearing so this yeah. is there's a lot yeah because of and there's a lot of shaming of like yeah so women bodies all right, we both agree yes there um two more questions okay leadership induces feelings of guilt Causing ties to be cut from friends, family, and other personal interests. Encouraged to live with, socialize with the group exclusively. Yep. Yes, 100%. And the final question is, elitist view of self claims to be special. Yeah. 100%. Jehovah's Witnesses. 144,000%. Yeah. (laughs) Jehovah's Witnesses very much make it obvious. We got the list. Get on it. Well, they're they're the chosen religion. They call their religion the truth. Yeah. They call it the truth. That's how they refer to it. So you're in the truth. That's what they say. You're in the truth. Do you want me to play the music again as we we, uh, we get out? Hold on. Let's do a final tally. So we have five yeses, one no, and three undecided. Mm-hmm. So according to somebody who grew up in this <laughs> religion, 
and to somebody who's never really had any experience with this religion. Mm-hmm. Except for being hounded by them at every fucking yes. bus stop, and, subway, and fucking the, grocery store, and, on my own porch, walking through the street, trying to give me the atalaya because you think that I'm But what know, about when the Spanish. Democratic candidate comes and knocks on your because door? Because they need our actual signatures to actually, yeah, like, actually get on the ballot. Rather than your time. They're not just asking for my time. They're asking for me to join them. Join us. No, they're asking you to listen to their story. Because they want you to join. Yeah, not that day. Then they'll be back next week. I know. You got no respect for them. I would hate anybody that peddled anything at my door on a regular basis, but especially (sighs) Jesus and especially in that way of like, the world is coming to an end. The world is nigh. Do you notice how bad things are getting? Like, no, the world is pretty shitty, though. Like they, have, they have some points at this point. The shit is not good. They've been saying the same shit. Funny thing, real for quick. A hundred, they over they have. Years. I remember when I was really in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. They used to say that the big prediction, and they didn't put a number on it because they got rid of numbers. Like I said, they had about twenty predictions. The last prediction they had was in 1989, where they said like, "We will see the end before the 20th century." They kind of said something along those lines. Uh, I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. But that clearly didn't happen. But then they went to this really vague one that I remember in the 90s. They would say, um, ever since 1914, that this generation shall not pass before the end times come. Yikes. Yeah. So, like, hearing that in the 1990s, when you say this generation, do they mean people, like, born in the year 1914? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is that what they meant by that number? Because what's a generation, right? So if 1914 is the 1990s, that's like 80 years or something like that, right? Around there. I remember thinking like, holy shit, this generation. And now it's 2023. That generation would be 109 years old at this point. So they fucked that one up too. Um, nevertheless, but uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, I don't dislike you. Beep, beep. But yeah. it has been decided... Choo, choo. That you're probably... Beep, beep, yeah. Doot, doot. You gonna finish it up? Bad girls, bad girls. You're such a dirty bad girl. I feel like you should have been a Jehovah Witness singing in that Uh song. You would have been good. They used to have people, like, never women, though. The end times are coming. There was this guy named Ozzy. Grab your machete. Ozzy was short and Mike was tall. But their voices were the opposite. Oh. He had the, the short guy had the low voice, mm-hmm. and Mike had the high voice. And Mike was like 6'5", and Ozzy was like 5'1". He was like, now is the day. And he could have been banging Lisa. <laughs> we might die tomorrow. Do you want to just say, we should just end this. Are we going to end this? Yes, this is it's the almost, fucking end. almost 90 minutes here. It's over. <laughs> All right. It's over. If anyone stayed, you just get a gold star. Just fucking No, turn but it we got to always tell people, remember. Share this. If you liked what you heard, share it. Put it on your Facebook. I'm tired. Um, subscribe. It's late for us. Subscribe, please. Uh, we're trying to grow this thing. And, uh, <laughs> are we? We are. I'm trying. You're not, clearly. <laughs> I actually think about this stuff. You don't. That's not true. I prepare for my episodes I that I produce. I a lot more thinking about it than you do. It's true. You, to be fair, you have more time. Babe, I work 40 hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.